0: This is the Ton Report. I'm your host, Han Trung. If you've ever gotten a bill for something and thought you got overcharged or something wasn't right on that bill, most likely you'd call the customer service department of whatever entity sent you that bill and then start the process of figuring out what happened. A restaurant owner in New Orleans wishes it was that simple for him.
1: I'm Eric Cook. I'm the chef and owner of Gris Gris Restaurant here on Magazine Street in the Lower Garden District, and also the chef and owner of uh, St. John Restaurant on Lower Decatur in the French Quarter. That
0: restaurant in the French Quarter had an outstanding bill of $40,000, which essentially went back to the summer of 2021, when Eric moved into the building and opened the restaurant. You may be asking, how does a power bill get that high? Did they forget to pay the bill? Eric says for a long time, Entergy New Orleans, the power company here in New Orleans, did not send them a bill.
1: We never got an electric bill, basically what it comes down to. We moved to a new place, said, hey, we live here, you know, and prior no, wait, to moving so in. You, you moved in in July so we, 2021 we, we and you in,
0: never got an electric bill or utility uh, bill? We haven't family.
1: got a utility bill. So, And this is what you normally do, like anybody else on any level. If you're moving into a one-bedroom apartment on Lakeview or you're moving into a new home somewhere, you contact your utility company and say hey we're buying a house or hey we're moving in and you know can you switch the utilities into our name and we'll start paying bills and it's like sure you bet clean 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 you get a bill and you carry on normally so with us it wasn't the case there was a change of ownership of the building before we came in which introduced us to the building with a change of ownership and from that point the owner of the building has been trying to do the same thing and say hey i bought this building where it changed hands, it changed ownership. We're sending you paperwork, you know. But unfortunately, through whatever reasons, which I, you know, I don't know what their, you know, company does in these things or how they're operating. But it never hit anyone's desk to go, yep, flip it on. So for months and months and months and months, we we do this. We just constantly, you know, try and get them to say, hey, we're a business, and then of course. During that time, you know, that summer of 21, Hurricane Ida comes through and kind of puts the zap on everything. And obviously, the focus for everyone in that time is let's rebuild the city, rebuild rebuild homes, protect families, protect lives. So things fall to the wayside. Post-Hurricane Ida, in October of that same year, 21, we go back to them and we say, Hey, we moved in July. We're still trying to get here. And nothing was ever happened. So we're getting a bill from them for gas, we're not receiving a bill and the property is four stories. It's a restaurant downstairs and there's a, a French Quarter apartment or a condominium above it. So in our lease, we took the whole building to include the condominium upstairs so we could have administrative spaces and storage spaces. And we've never received a bill from there. So we've, this whole time we're receiving bills for, I guess, gas, what it is, which is comparable to our bills, which are this, here at 1800 Magazine. They're comparable in the same price and, and Magazine Street, we get one bill, gas, electric, boom. That's it. So that's what you expect. Oh, here's our bill. This must be the whole thing. Boom. We're going. We're running along. Just business as usual. The whole time in the background, we're still sending emails. We're still having conversations. Then we start to receive. At some point, I want to say December of 22. So from July 21 to December of 22, nothing. All of a sudden, December of 22. Hey, okay. We'll we'll take care of this now. You know this. Long into this process, and here's all you owe us all this back pay for these meters. You know, we're like, well, What are you talking about? So it started so they're with sending like, that to you, they're sending it to us. What was the amount at that time? Do you recall the first bill they gave to us was eighteen thousand dollars, and and that covered. What time frame, what time span do you I know? think in their own procedures, which are stated on their billing, they only have the opportunity to go back six months to adjust billing. So they can't go back years and years. But they still allow themselves back six months to recoup six months of their neglect off of the customer of something that was clearly, you know, nothing we could do about it. You know, there was absolutely physically nothing we could do to make them be more aware of the fact that we were there, the power was on. Had been on previously from a tenant before, and we're operating, and it took them till December of '22 to say, "Here you go," and they dropped an eighteen thousand dollar bill. With fees and penalties,
0: the bill grew to forty thousand dollars. A forty thousand dollar utility bill—like, what's the first step as a restaurant owner?
1: Well, you know, obviously, like everyone else, you know, we're a family-run operation. It's—it's it's fear, you know, and that's the first emotion that grips you, and it's panic, you know, because immediately we point the, you know, the, the attention towards ourselves and say, what did we do wrong? Oh, my goodness, what happened, you know? Right, It's huge. It's 40,000 yeah. and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, my, you know, we made a mistake somewhere, what's going on? And we just go into this tailspin, you know, which we're still really haven't come out of yet, trying to figure out how we got to this point. How Eric and his restaurant got to that point,
0: and what's taking place since, is convoluted. But it gives a glimpse into life here in New Orleans. For many people living in the city, keeping the lights on can be very tough.
2: We live in a city that suffers from one of the highest energy burdens in the nation. That's Jesse George. I serve as New Orleans Policy Director with the Alliance for Affordable Energy. We are a consumer and environmental advocate in the realm of utility regulation. We are the only consumer advocate in the state of Louisiana who advocates on behalf of electric utility ratepayers. Let's get back to what Jesse was saying about the energy burden in New Orleans. Energy burden is the percentage of household income that goes to electric utility bills. And so households in New Orleans pay upwards of 28 percent of their household income to their utility bill. And what's really uh, terrible about that is that the people who pay the most percentage of their income tend to be the lowest income households. And so it's the people who really cannot afford this who are suffering the most.
0: Eric Cook recognizes that. It's part of the reason why he went public with his frustrations with Entergy New Orleans and the city's leaders.
1: It's an endless cycle of just mismanagement. And that's what this is. It's a cycle of mismanagement. You know, oh, our streets are terrible. Oh, look, here's make a video about it. Let's all get in the hole and, and, and take a hot tub bath. Yay, it's funny. You know, oh, look, look, look at the, the building falling down. Oh, yay, it's New Orleans, no big deal. You know, it's, it's the, the Kardashian sitcom running of our city hall versus city council versus news outlets of who's doing what and going where, you know. And it's our convention center that, that hasn't been really, you know, running at 100% yet. And it's all, we're all affected by this lack of leadership in the city and, and things have just been running amok for so long that I'm through laughing at it. You know, I can no longer sit here and find it funny, you know, because it's not funny. To better understand why Eric is so upset, we need context to where this happened, in the historic French Quarter of New Orleans. So, you know, it started, you know, July 21 when we moved into the building down in the French Quarter. And everyone knows, everyone should know, if you don't know, I mean, you know, the, the French Quarter is a historical district with even more historical infrastructure. It's old. It's old. So, a lot of the buildings are just fronts that are just leaning on each other, but inside of there is just this constant circulation of businesses and people upgrading and changing and trying to fix and 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 you know dodge and weave you know the problem that is our city hall and trying to get permits done and trying to have things done and trying to do things correctly that it's been in such disarray for so long that most folks just bypass that and say just Throw some wiring up there and and we'll get the business, you know. And and no one knows anything, you know, different because that's what it is, you know. And some of those buildings may have 10 meters in them, you know. Some have three meters, you know. So the confusion has been there for a long time. Finding the correct electric meter for a building sounds straightforward enough,
0: but that's not always the case in the oldest part of a city that's more than 300 years old. As Eric was describing earlier, St. John, his restaurant, opened and did business for the past two years while trying to figure out how to take care of that $40,000
1: utility bill. We spent this entire last year repeatedly going to the office, challenging, trying to set up payment plans, trying to do these things, and they just kept running the juice to the point where it gets to, well, what do you mean running the juice? So they start hitting fees and disconnect fees and, and you know, reconnect fees and late fees and all these things. So, so while you're trying to. So we're trying to leave the problem plan, with a customer service they're department increasing fees on you. that is not connected to anyone who's doing service. So two totally different planets. We're trying to work with someone about the bill. The people who just see the computer and say neglect are kicking out disconnect notices. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them.
0: In November, it came to a head.
1: So we're trying to work with them and, and we cannot get anything to do. So the notices keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. Fast forward, we're up to $32,000 with a $30 reconnect fee, which is my favorite part, and then a $7,200 deposit fee for reconnect now because we're in neglect. No payment plan allowed DM. And they sent us a notice with that saying, 32 is the balance, 7200 for this, $30 reconnect fee. The email was sent on November 1st. And they said, you have until the 8th at 5 p.m. to pay this or contact someone to deal with it. After the 8th on the 9th, we will shut your power off. The date of the email was November 1st. The day they came to shut our power off was November 1st. When they just sent us a letter that said, you have to the 8th to try and figure this out, they were there on the 1st. We said, go ahead, shut it off. Fine, whatever you want to do.
0: When it was time to physically cut the power to the restaurant, things didn't go quite as planned.
1: They couldn't. They didn't have the physical ability to understand or how. Or they, they couldn't turn the power off that day. They, were just, they had no idea. So for some reason, they didn't turn the power off that day. They had to go speak to someone because they couldn't find a meter. They didn't know what was really going on. They had no idea where or what they were actually turning on or off. They leave. They come back the next day, and they zap power just say, that's it. You're closed. So, again, we just say, fine. You know, We obviously have exhausted every avenue which we could professionally going to energy emails phone calls in face meetings at their location you know with their customer service uh staff and nothing was ever done so now we're without power now i have 42 employees without jobs and now i have a serious you know issue you know so when the situation was made public which we really didn't you know have any choice you know because the history with energy is like what can you really do about it obviously you know if we say here's 40,000 then we still can't open the restaurant because we don't have the money to give you 40,000 and operate our business it doesn't work that that's not how restaurants work and that may be the big misconception with folks is that people who own restaurants are hereditary millionaires who have the ability to just kind of pass those things on cuz their family's been running restaurants for millions of years and you know they're established you know and, but the modern restaurant owner is not that you know they're guys like me who never went to college who's been working in restaurants in this city for 30-35 years who has been living and dying by a P&L and, and, and understanding hospitality and what it is to be a New Orleans restaurant and how they operate and, and what you're supposed to be and that's how I cut my teeth in the great restaurants of New Orleans so I understand how to operate a restaurant I understand the business of a restaurant but our company is a mom and pop like anybody else and we do a great job to put up that you know that facade of success and and you know and being prominent and restaurant owners you know because that's our job because that's what a restaurant's supposed to do it's supposed to provide an environment where guests can come and feel relaxed and enjoy themselves and have great food and experience new orleans and all the culture it has to give without thinking oh these guys are going out of business and oh i read the news it's, you know our business is our business behind closed doors you know And it's always been smoke and mirrors in restaurants, always has been, always will. So, but the reality is we live check to check like everybody else, you know, this is, I own a restaurant, but it's my job, you know, so it's my job every day to get to work and take care of a hundred employees and make sure they have everything they need to make sure our guests have everything they need. It's just seven days a week, 24 hours a day, it never stops. So, you know, you're put in this position where you don't really have a last resort. You know, so by making a public statement, uh, it was really all I could do is to announce the unfortunate closure of a restaurant that we truly, truly love and that a lot of our neighbors and, and, and folks around New Orleans love as well, and the response was immediate. A
0: member of the New Orleans City Council
1: was part of that response.
0: 24 hours after the power to Eric's restaurant was cut off, the lights came back on
1: you know, after, you know, a very busy 24 hours, you know, I was able to make contact with some city council members uh, and their offices and their assistants and be able to, you know, have a meeting with Energy, you know, and have a meeting with, you know, engineers and and my, my, my building owner and everyone to come to the table and say, hey, let's resolve the issue and find out what's going on. So in a sign of good faith, Energy put the power back on from a favor from our city council friends. And there comes the privilege which is the problem with New Orleans. And so we were able to operate. And and that was really the most important thing was to put my 42 people back to work because they were terrified because they love their jobs. The only reason I had the ability to kind of bring attention to it is because I have a voice. Because I have an outspoken voice as a chef in New Orleans who's been outspoken before about issues and has been accepted as someone who could, you know, I, I have a voice. So, And that's really where you know my brain shifted and said, man, you know, here I am in this big predicament, I'm shouting for the mountaintop that it's wrong and I get help, you know, which, I, which is great, you know, which it should be for everyone. But, you know, and that's where my brain just said, this isn't normal, I'm getting privileged here because I'm a restaurant, because I have a big mouth, and because it's making a social media um, presence, good or bad, You know, these companies don't want, our city doesn't need any more bad press, no company wants bad press, including myself, um, that I kind of got the wink, wink, nod, nod, hey, let's fix this, you know? And I had to say, well, thank you, but you're wrong for doing it. You know, because what about one of my employees, maybe, who's struggling to pay bills, and they're trying to reach out to someone, and There's they have a situation... who a lot of poor
0: people in this city who don't,
1: Yeah, who don't have the ability to do this, and they scream from the heavens, and, and they're losing their homes. They're losing the ability of a human basic right, which is, you know, food, shelter, electricity,
0: Eric says since Entergy New Orleans is the only game in town when it comes to electricity, the company basically has a monopoly on the market and doesn't have to pay much mind to customers complaining about or trying to dispute outrageous bills.
2: Here's Jesse George again with the Alliance for Affordable Energy. Well, unfortunately, we hear these kinds of stories from residential ratepayers all the time. We receive calls really on a weekly basis from people who are struggling to pay their bills, who are struggling to dispute, you know, outrageous bills that they've received. And the reasons, you know, can vary as to why their bills are as high as they are, or why they're unable to dispute them, you know, satisfactorily. But it shouldn't come down to someone having to contact their city council member or a member of the media to get this dispute dispute resolved. There's a history of such complaints with Entergy New Orleans. But Jesse says
0: the New Orleans City Council deserves some of the blame as well, because it's the body that regulates
2: Entergy New Orleans. In fact, the city has a dispute resolution process codified into law in the city code uh, that was actually put into place in 2007, but unfortunately it's badly broken and the dispute process does not really work for the average customer.
0: What does that say about the situation in New Orleans that you have to have some type of codified process to dispute your bill when it comes to paying your utility bill in New Orleans?
2: Well, I think it speaks to the lack of customer service that people receive from their utility, Entergy New Orleans. You know, one of the reasons that the dispute process is so badly broken is because before a a resident can file a dispute with the city council, with the council utility regulatory office, they first have to receive a written disposition from Intergy with an unsatisfactory resolution to their dispute. Now, anyone who has attempted to dispute a bill with Intergy just getting someone on the phone can be a challenge, but then getting an, an actual letter that you can submit with a filing to the city council is a challenge in itself. And so many people never even get to the point of being able to file a formal complaint. And I think that's why we need strong regulators in our city council. Um, you know, uh, again, getting back to this codified bill dispute process, part of that involves a formal complaint, a form that's supposed to be made available to the public by the council utilities regulatory office. Well, despite the fact that this dispute process was codified in 2007, that form did not become available to the public on the council's website until within the last couple of years. So even to get access to that form was a challenge for people. And then like you say, to have to deal with this utility, which is you know, stonewalling people at every turn. and like I say, to be able to get a, a written disposition from Entergy to then file with the council to make a formal complaint, it's just something that most people never have the opportunity to do.
0: And there have been a lot of complaints about high bills in recent years. According to a study by the nonprofit newsroom Verite, energy bills from the company are rising at their fastest pace in two decades. Verite pulled numbers from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. According to their analysis, the price of energy in New Orleans' standard unit of measure for electricity has risen by 40% since 2020. Going back to the pandemic, the city council has several times called on Energy New Orleans to stop shutting off power to customers who could not pay their power bill.
2: That reporting confirmed what all of us have been feeling intuitively. The council, in fact, has had to, over the past couple of years, institute a number of temporary moratoria on residential shutoffs because of the fact that people are struggling so mightily with their bills. And there are a variety of factors that, that play into that. Uh, One of them is our high dependence on natural gas, methane gas for uh, electricity generation. So even if you don't have gas service in your home, if you're turning on the light, over 50% of our electricity generation in New Orleans comes from burning fossil gas. So when fossil gas prices rise, uh, as they are because of the expansion of liquefied natural gas export terminals along our coast. Uh, That drives up prices here domestically, and that means our energy bills are are more than they would be. Another factor that has played in is Entergy's mismanagement of the Grand Gulf Nuclear Power Station in Port Gibson, Mississippi, which is frequently offline uh, and is not providing the power that it's supposed to be providing to the city of New Orleans, which means that not only are we paying for the operation and maintenance of that plant, which isn't providing us the power it's supposed to be, but we also have to then purchase power on the market to make up for that power that we're not receiving from this plant. That power that we purchase on the market is often from methane or fossil gas generation, which also means that we're paying higher prices. Then, of course, we've seen just the record number of storms and other climate disasters that we've experienced in the last few years tornadoes heat waves that have you know devastated our infrastructure which was not being properly maintained to begin with and so, you know, each time one of these storms comes through, it's hundreds of millions of dollars more that you know, ratepayers are paying to restore that system. So all of these factors combined, plus, you know, our leaky aging building stock, which isn't very energy efficient, leads to very high bills for people. Really, we need the council to take swift and bold action to help alleviate this because it's an ongoing crisis. Other parts of Louisiana have also seen a
0: temporary pause to power shutoffs. Jesse says what makes all of this more maddening is the fact that Entergy is profiting while many people struggle to pay their electric bill.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think what we've seen, you know, is a utility that routinely brags to its shareholders about cutting maintenance spending so that it can increase dividends to shareholders. Uh, So we know that they are not spending the money that they're collecting for infrastructure maintenance on maintenance. And then, as you say, when these storms come through, ratepayers are then asked to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to restore these systems.
0: I don't want to be cynical, but when you are in a city that there is no other player when it comes to getting your utilities, especially with electricity, like, is there another choice? I mean, do people have options? Because on paper, it just seems like you're only dealing with one entity, and that's energy. And is that really any different than any
2: other, any other city? Uh, there are other options, you know. I would mention, for for instance, the option of municipalization, which is having a truly publicly owned utility. This was something that was actually on a, a ballot initiative up in up in Maine this week. It unfortunately failed. But if you look at Energy Information Administration, their data shows that municipal utilities, uh, on average, have lower rates and more reliable service than investor owned utilities. Uh, but beyond that, if we're going to have an investor-owned utility like Energy New Orleans, like I said, what we need is to have strong regulators in place. And, you know, I mentioned this energy efficiency program we have the city council actually has an open docket to try and improve that energy efficiency program. That docket came to the end of its procedural schedule in April of this year. And so we've just been waiting for the council to take action to improve this programming. And unfortunately, we've waited you know, during this blistering summer when people have been suffering from heat and high bills, and we're just waiting on the council to take action on this uh, on this docket to improve these programs for folks in, in New Orleans.
0: I reached out to Entergy New Orleans to get responses to what Jesse and Eric had said about the company. A spokesperson for Entergy New Orleans sent me this statement. Entergy New Orleans's customer service team has had several productive discussions with Mr. Cook. We recognize there are many issues to be worked through, and we look forward to resolving this matter with him. We do everything we can to work with customers in need of assistance, and we are glad to work with Chef Cook on establishing a workable plan for payment. As for Eric Cook... His predicament continues, but at least his restaurant in the French Quarter has power.
1: We're now in negotiations with getting us back on a payment plan for something that won't be debilitating to our business because we don't feel it was our fault that the neglect went on for over a year that we didn't get a bill and all of a sudden, hey, pay it all now, you know, which is unfair, that we'll have an opportunity to pay it off over you know, a payment plan, which is what we want to do because we want to operate our business. You know? What I find interesting is that you could have easily, as
0: a business owner, say, you know what that was just my ability, and because I'm a business owner, I was able to grease the wheels and use the privilege that often comes with it. But you didn't stop there. Why didn't you want to stop there, and why do you keep continuing to kind of raise this issue because of?
1: Well, because like concerns? you know, I'm I, you know, I, I work in New Orleans. You know, I've lived in New Orleans my whole life. You know, I've had my you know swings with energy. You know, everyone everyone has a story about energy or the sewage and water board. Everyone. So it's time to bring it to light. And I wanted to be able to say, enough is enough. I wanted to be able to say, you know, whether it cost me my business or whatever. Look, and I'm a cook. I'm a cook trained in New Orleans. I'll get a job if I have to and start, you know, flipping burgers. I'm the greatest line cook in the world. Let's go. You know, I can, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, chef, no, chef, all day. That's what I do. It's in my blood. You know, so I'll feed my family and live. But it can't go on any longer without having an opportunity, and we have very small opportunities. And something this city loves to do is we love to pick a fight when it comes to equality. Are you picking the fight with Entergy and the city? Who are you picking the fight with? picking a fight with anybody who wants to step in the ring. You know what I mean? Because me, I just want somebody to tell me I'm in charge. And you know who's in charge right now? Nobody.
0: In New Orleans, I'm Tom Trung for WWL Radio.